is up, everybody. Episode 94 of J5, Getting Live, here on Wednesday, April 5th, 2023. Definitely an eventful week um, in New York sports. Anthony Sinescalchi and I went to the Yankee game on Saturday. That was a blast. Uh, we'll talk about that. Talk about the Mets. Knicks locked in their playoff seating. Um, talk about that. We'll recap the NCAA tournament. And, um, you know, draft month is here. So we'll do a little bit on that, I think. Um, coming up, not today, but coming up soon. And the Nets are trying to lock in their playoff seating. So things are just moving along. We're moving toward the Stanley Cup playoffs. We're going to have playoff preview episodes next week. Crazy to say. Um, But let's start with the tournament. First things first, hats off to me. Gave you UConn at the beginning of the tournament, 16 to 1. Hope you guys cashed. Um, Went 2-0 and in the picks on Saturday. I think overall in the tournament, I basically finished uh, three games up. I tweeted out the the UConn winner, so that was cool. Um, for Monday night, I didn't really feel like it's been. A, it was a long weekend, long week. Didn't really feel like hopping on to a pod. Um, but listen, UConn had, I would say, the most dominant tournament appearance that we've seen. In a long time. They won every game by double digits. The games that were close, they pulled away. San Diego State jumped out to a small early lead in this game. And then UConn put the blitz on. It got to five in the second half. With, I think, like seven minutes to go. And then UConn pulled away. And not only did they win, they covered. They covered in style. They covered every game. They won every game by double digits. And it was one of the more dominating performances we've seen from a college team. And now you have to wonder. Hurley broke through at UConn. Broke through quick. The question is, what kind of program can he build now, moving forward? This was, I believe, his fifth year there. No tournament in 2020, so took him four tournaments to win it all. Um, maybe something like that. Maybe five tournaments. Uh, either way, he he got there. He won. He dominated. And now the question becomes: One, the Big East is very much better. You know that that Villanova is going to figure it out. Georgetown now is improved with Ed Cooley there. St. John's gets Patino. You got Marquette, Creighton. They're they're both rock stars. Seton Hall is going to be up and coming. So you have the Big East back as a whole. And now they win a national championship. And I just think at this point that Hurley is going to find a way to continue to build on that. And I expect them to get a second one under him rather quickly. And number six overall um, sooner rather than later. 
So that is the tournament. Again, I hope everybody uh, tailed along with UConn at 16-1. to That was one of the five picks. But it hit, so good job by me. Two years in a row. Last year, Kansas. This year, UConn. Um, good job. <laughs> good job by me. So, now, uh, we'll talk about the baseball teams. I, I'm i going to lead with this. I don't think there's a reason to panic just yet on either one. Yankees have won both of their series. The Mets just got swept. Um, and let me start with the Mets. Let me start with the Mets. First things first. The Mets just played absolutely awful in Milwaukee. They get swept. Today's the only game that they score any runs in. They don't look good in any game except today. Um, Scherzer looked bad last night. Carrasco looked bad the night before. And the Mets are just having issues. One of their main issues is their offense. They're not getting enough production from Lindor, and they're not getting enough production from Alonzo. That's right off the bat. Number two, the pitching is an issue. Verlander's hurt. Quintana's hurt. Okay, Quintana being hurt is no big deal. This team should be able to weather that storm. Verlander being hurt is a problem. Scherzer not pitching well in either of his starts. The first start, he at least pitched okay on opening day. But he blew up after the fifth inning. Last night, not good. He got beat up, the velocity was down, and he doesn't look like a guy who is getting paid $44 million a year. So that's a problem. Verlander, who knows when the guy is going to be back? That's problem number two. So the Mets have some issues. They're not getting production from their thumbers, and their pitching is abysmal at this point. Now, is there a reason to panic? No, because the Phillies are off to a slow start, and even though the Braves are off to a somewhat fast start, um, you know that the Mets are going to win games here at some point. But the thing is, the Mets have to win games sooner rather than later because they they just can't they can't get into one of these situations where they're trying to play catch up from behind because you dig yourself last year they got out in front and they still got caught by the Braves they gotta beat Miami again or they got rained out tomorrow so they'll play Friday, Saturday, Sunday ideally they win all three but they gotta win two out of three for sure then they get San Diego then they go on a West Coast trip Mets gotta come back off that West Coast trip at least a couple like one or two games they gotta come back like two games over 500 as they get toward the end of this month now baseball teams usually take about a month two months to shape by the time June 1st rolls around you wanna know what kind of team you have the Mets offense is gonna have to be you know moving along here and it's gonna have to start moving along quickly Alonzo and Lindor need to figure it out and if they don't figure it out soon, I'm going to expect to see...
Brett Beatty or Max Kiermaier. And on the pitching front, the Mets don't have too many options to go to. So they need Verlander to get healthy. Healthy. They need that to happen rather quickly. And if it doesn't, and if Scherzer doesn't start pitching better, they're going to have to make a move for a pitcher. Sango looked very good the other day, so I will give the Mets that. But, outside of that, there are questions. And there haven't been a whole lot of answers. So the Mets offense needs to be improved and be improved quickly. Now, to the Yankees. Two dominant starts out of Garrett Cole, so you're happy about that. But, what I'll say is this. Not happy about the offense so far. Still too much um, home run or bust. Also, the only big offensive production they've had came Monday. But they've already had two games where they scored no runs and a run. And, again, the Yankees' problem for the last four, five years has not been the pitcher. It's been the offense. You gotta hit. You gotta hit. And it's still too much feast or famine on the home run. Also, Aaron Hicks is a petulant child, and I need the Yankees to not feed into that. The guy complained about not playing, and then the Yankees threw him in the lineup two days in a row. He's not good. He's not a Major League Baseball player anymore. He's done. And if we got to deal with him, then I don't want to see Donaldson. And if I got to deal with Donaldson, I don't want to see him. So pick one. You can't have both on this team. The Yankees make more than enough money that they can jettison Aaron Hicks to Mars, to Live Golf, wherever. The guy is a loser, and he has never produced as a Yankee except for one year. And at this point, I'm done with him. And I'm done with the Yankees catering to him. He's never going to be the guy that they thought he was. He's a loser. The Yankees have plenty of talent on this team. They have enough talent to win 100 games a year. I don't think they do that. But they do have enough talent. They got to get rid of Hicks. They got to get rid of the dead weight. about Saturday. Here's what I'll say. One, I'm rescinding my policy on not going to games. I will start going to more games. One, Anthony and I had a great time. Great experience. But the main thing that I'll say is this. Yankee fans are starved for a title. They were loud on Saturday. They were into the game. 
I think more than because it was opening weekend. I think they're starved for a title. And the Yankees started to put a rally together in the ninth inning. Started to rain. The whole crowd stayed. And they were loud. They were into it. They were excited. And it was just a great experience. And you could tell how desperate they are for a winner in New York. Especially the Yankees. So I think that while I don't think the Yankees are a title contender, I think that there's a chance they could make moves to make themselves a title contender. And obviously, we'll see what they do once Rodon comes back. But I know that the fans are starved for a winner. So that's that on the Yankees. But at some point, once the season gets a little more going, we'll have Anthony on. That'll be fun. Um, and we'll take it from there. Knicks have locked up the five seed. That's exciting. I think it's going to be a good series between them and the Cavs. I want to see Randall get back. Um, Nick's first game, it sounds like, will be April 15th. So that'll be the Saturday, next Saturday. Um, that was what the schedule looked like. That game will be in Cleveland. So 4-5 is locked. Knicks can't improve. Nets right now need to try to find themselves outside of the play-in. Um, they're one game up on the Heat with, let's see, Nets had a bad loss last night. Can't lose that game to the Timberwolves in that situation. Gotta find a way to win. Sorry. Uh, here we go. So they're one game up on the Heat. Both have played 79, so with three games to go. So it's gonna be interesting. I don't know the tiebreaker situation on that, but either way, um, going to be interesting there. Rangers, um, obviously battling right now. Uh, they're going to be, they, they should be the three seed at this point. Devils will be the two, so Devils will have home ice. Um, Rangers have five games left. Devils have four left. Devils are up five points. So unless, like, basically the Rangers would have to win out. That's going to be a gruesome series um, for the Rangers. Devils have a lot of speed. And it'll be... It'll be interesting to see, um, you know, what they do and and how they play it and and all those things. But I think it'll be... um, It'll be a good series for sure. And I think it'll be, you know, a lot of fun. Definitely be more Rangers fans in the building, both places, than Devils. Um, but it'll be a good experience. It'll be exciting. They haven't played each other since uh, the Devils beat the Rangers in that Eastern Conference Finals, which was brutal. Um, I think that was back in 2015. 14, maybe? One or the other. Uh, but it was brutal. And not fun (laughs) Um, but either way we will 
we'll see how that goes. Um, and it'll be fun. So next week will be a lot of like NBA playoff preview. Um, and NHL Stanley Cup playoffs. So that'll be fun. All the local teams will be in it. Islanders battling to be in it. So that'll be fun. And we have the Masters this weekend. So last year, I gave you Scotty Scheffler as the winner. Right after I had the Kansas winner. So let's see if we could follow it up and go back to back. Belly to belly, as John Sterling would say. So, picks for the Masters. At 7-1, the defending champ, Scotty Scheffler. His game has been in form. Um, Obviously, he knows the course. He won there last year. Sometimes guys just go on these runs where they can't stop winning. It's really tough to go back-to-back at a major, especially, um, and to win as much as he's won. When you're mentioned with Tiger Woods on how much you've won in a a year-long span, that's when you know you're doing something right. Uh, But my first pick is Scotty Scheffler at 7-1. Just like him, like the way he's played, and I think he has a chance to go back-to-back. Pick number two. Also at 7-1. He's been the bridesmaid more than he's been the bride lately. But he knows how to win. He plays well here. I like Rory McIlroy at 7-1. I think it's time to finally win Augusta. Win the career Grand Slam. He hasn't done it yet. Come close a couple times. He's been a great ambassador for golf through all the live stuff. And I just think he has a chance to do it this week. So I like Rory at 7-1 as well win the Masters. Next. Friends with Tiger Woods. He's a long shot this week to win the Masters. Justin Thomas at 20-1. JT has played really well. He's also been a great ambassador for golf through the live drama. His game is starting to play in the form. He's got bones on the bag. I think that'll play well for him. I like Justin Thomas at 20 to 1 to win the Masters this week. Next, two longer shots. The guy is somehow in it almost at every major. At 22 to 1, I like Colin Morikawa. Um, he's a young guy. He won a lot early in his career at the majors. He always seems to play well. Um, he finds his way in the, the top 10, top 15. He should be around the lead on Sunday somewhere. Um, so I like Colin Morikawa at 22 to 1. I think that's good value there. And then last but not least, looks like he belongs in Happy Gilmore. Will Zalatoris at 33 to 1. I think he's a nice long shot. Um, he, he definitely has a chance to win. He's also always around the lead at these majors. Um, his game hasn't been great he doesn't putt historically he doesn't putt well enough to win at the majors but I think he definitely has a chance so uh, to recap Scotty Scheffler 7-1 Rory McIlroy 7-1 Justin Thomas 21 
Colin Morikawa 22 to 1, and Will Galatoris at 33 to 1. All right, guys, that's an episode. Like and subscribe to the podcast. Tell a friend, tell a friend. Follow me on Instagram and on Twitter at J O H N M U R A C H A N I A N. Follow me on TikTok, J the number five, G E T T I N L I V E. All right, guys, J5 out.